Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. get the new space ready, all right? All right, well, we are in a series. We are at, uh, I think we've done, we are at week five, I believe, on this series, and it's called Running with the Giants, and essentially what we've been doing is, is two things through this series. We've been diving into our Bibles and getting to know some of the biblical characters a little better, knowing their stories, and, but the second thing we're allowing them to do is to, to speak to us from their lives, because they've already lived their lives. They're all heroes of the faith, and they're now in heaven and watching us, which is what our, our theme verse says in, in Hebrews chapter 12. It says that, that, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, they're, they're up in heaven watching us, having finished their race. They're, they're watching us run ours, and they're cheering like they're in the, in the stands, like cheering for us, you know. And, uh, and, 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 and so what we've been doing in this series is listening to them. Because how many of you know that our race is difficult? Even the, the Bible identifies that, that, that the life we live is not always so easy. Some people said, well, when you become a Christian, everything's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to go your way. And I would love to know where the chapter and verse is in the Bible because I've got some talking to God to do about it. Because if it says it there, then that's what I want. The problem is it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that our lives are going to be perfect. It doesn't say that our life is going to be easy. In fact, the Bible identifies that, that it knows that we're going to struggle. And it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. There's going to be stuff that hinders us. There's going to be stuff within us that we get tangled up in. And, and we're going to need some help in order to deal with that stuff. Sometimes we just don't know how to break free. We don't know how to deal with a situation. And so we could use somebody who's been there and done it. That's why we want that crowd of witnesses to help us so that we can run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So that's what we're doing in this series. We're, we're pulling out heroes of faith that are in the stands watching us and cheering us on as we run our race, bringing them a little closer so that we can hear their encouragement. What would they say to us? What would they say about their lives that could speak to something in our lives? And so, man, we pulled out some really big ones uh, the, over the past couple weeks. We've had Moses. We've had Abraham. We've had Noah. And this week we are going to have Esther come out of the stands and share her story with us. And every year I, I ask my wife to, to come and share with you. And this is this week. I ask her if she'd come and share on Esther. So would you please welcome Shanda as she comes to share Esther's story. Thanks. Hi, guys. Oh, come on. Hi, guys. There we go. It's hard to see. So I just had to make sure you guys were out there. So yeah, I was like, super excited that Aaron asked me uh, to share about Esther today. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories. It has been since I was a little girl. Uh, what's not to love? She's a beautiful woman. She gets to be queen. She's courageous, and she saves her people. And it's only 10 little chapters, and I can't read the whole story or do the whole story for you today. Uh, so I encourage you to go and read that. But it doesn't take very long. But what would Esther want us to know today? If she was here to talk to us, uh, what would the, some of the things that she would say to us? And I think one of those is, for when you are uncertain about your purpose, that God has a place for you. You're no accident 
There's no mistakes here. You have a purpose. Each one of you here today has a purpose given from God. And if we look at Esther's story, we're going to start in chapter 2. It says, Now there was a Jew who lived in the palace complex in Susa. His name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjaminite. His ancestors had been taken from Jerusalem with the exiles and carried off with King Jehoiakim of Judah by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon into exile. Mordecai had reared his cousin Hadassah, otherwise known as Esther, since she had no father or mother. The girl had a good figure and a beautiful face, and after her parents died, Mordecai adopted her. So that was a lot of names that I have no idea if I really was saying them correctly. It helps, it helps when you have the Bible app on your phone because then it reads it to you so you get a little better idea if you're saying the names correctly, just a hint for you. But all of that was to say that Mordecai was a Jew, Esther was pretty, and her parents had died and she was being raised by her cousin. And they were in a foreign land. And I can only imagine how out of place that Esther may have felt living in a foreign land. I know just going on our missions trips to Honduras, since I don't speak Spanish, it kind of makes me feel a little out of place. And I felt that many other times in my life. Uh, when I was growing up, I was made fun of a lot. I know that's hard for you to imagine because I'm so awesome. <laughs> but not everybody always thought that. I don't know why. But I was made fun of a lot when I was little. I got glasses at an early age. And I see all the little kids running around now with their cute little glasses. And I'm like, they're most, the most adorable thing ever. But my glasses were the majority of my face. And for your entertainment purposes, I brought a picture. There you go. Big old glasses. I guess they were in style because my grandma had them too. But... And a shirt that I can only describe as I look like I was a waitress at Mel Steiner, but I don't know what my mom was thinking, but anyway. And then, you know, growing up, um, I got a lot of rude comments about my weight. I was a little bit chubby growing up. I had, uh, I was just always a little bit bigger than other girls my age, and I got a lot of mean comments um, made that were hurtful. And so I also brought a picture of me from high school, just so you can see, maybe. There we go. That's me, my senior year of high school. And looking back now, I was like, I wish that right now I was as fat as I thought I was back then. I mean, that's all right. <laughs> but I always had a lot of friends, but those hurtful comments just kind of stuck with me and uh, you know, made me feel out of place, like I didn't quite fit in all the time. And I guess all of you um, may have felt that at one point or another, maybe felt left out, left behind, or forgotten even. Um, when I was probably six or seven years old, my dad took me to the store. And I'm from a really small town, but we had, there wasn't a lot of stores to choose from, but we had a True Value Radio Shack Petland combo. And I went with my dad. He needed some stuff for work. And I was like, Daddy, can I go look at the pet stuff while you're shopping? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. So A, you know I'm from a small town when at like six or seven years old, I was allowed to go wander off by myself in a big store. And so I looked at the animals. 
I looked at the animals. I looked at the animals. I got tired of looking for the animals. So I went back and started looking for my dad. And I couldn't find him. And so I walked up to the front and I asked the cashier, I was like, have you seen my daddy? And she said, you know, I think he left already. Oh, that one cut deep, guys. That one cut deep. I was a daddy's girl. That, that one hurt. And here's the second reason you know I'm from a small town. My mom's friend just happened to be up there, heard what was going on. And she said, oh, don't worry about it. I can get her home, guys. I'll just take her with me. And they were like, okay. Because everybody knows everybody when you're from a small town. I can't see that ever happening now. And I'm nervous when my teenage kids are off on their own. <laughs> Uh, or even being up here, you may have, you may think that even with Simple Church that I've always known what my purpose or my place is here, and that could not be farther from the truth. You know, when we first started, I said, I will do whatever it takes. I will, wherever there's a need, I'll go. I'll work in the kids' ministry. I clean the church. I did set up and tear down, just whatever needed. But I didn't really feel like that was my purpose. And so... Um, you know, even standing up here right now, I would never have imagined in a thousand years that I would ever do any kind of public speaking. When I was in college, I took public speaking. I got a C. And I was literally like frozen at my, the podium and I would read everything and kind of look up and around and I said um every other word and I had a nervous habit of tucking my hair so I just sat and did this the whole time I talked like every three seconds it wasn't good it wasn't good but I know that God gives us all a purpose and what we don't see in ourselves now he can show us later Amen. so if you're here and this is a struggle that you have felt you feel overlooked, maybe out of place, like you're a complete accident. I want you to know that God has a purpose for your life. And maybe you felt like Esther did, a little out of place. Um, so David said in Psalms, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. Somebody say forever. Stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. There's not one person or situation that God is not working his purpose in, and you have not been left out. I have not been left out. But I know that finding your place requires great faith and trust. It's not always a big sign that says, hey, this is it, turn right. It's sometimes unclear. And for Esther, uh, if we read her story, and we can figure out how she found what her purpose was. And in chapter 2, it says, Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women. And she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So essentially, the king had a queen that he was mad at, and he was going to replace her. So they had a big beauty contest, and Esther won. So the king liked it, and he put a ring on it. Actually, it was a crown, but you get it. 
And I promise that the point of this story is not that your purpose is to be pretty like Esther. Uh, so just hold on. And guys, if you've already checked out, I promise that there's something in here for you too. Just before that last verse, it actually says that before each of the women were taken to the king, they were given 12 months of beauty treatments. So guys, buy your woman a spa day. It's biblical. Hey. I will take just a moment to brag on my husband, though, because last Sunday we were driving to church and we were talking about me doing this message. And he said, you know, I'd really like to give you some Esther treatment this week, and I'm going to treat you to a mani-pedi. That's right. Yeah. Well done. He's not just a glorious beard. But in all seriousness, there's no place that is out of place when you're in God's place. It might not always be so obvious, but I promise that you will find your place if you put your faith and trust in God and believe that he's working for every situation and every circumstance. David also says in Psalms, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. The NLT version says my future is in your hands. I love that one. David trusted that God was working in his life. And finding your place requires great courage sometimes. Uh, you know, courage is not the absence of fear, but it's what you do in, when you face the fears. In Esther's story, she's now queen, and her cousin Mordecai that's been raising her uh, is a guard in the palace. And there was a man named Haman, and Haman was the leader that all the other leaders bowed down to. But Mordecai, he refused to bow down. And so this made Haman very angry. And so he decided he was going to take out Mordecai. But not only that, he was going to go a step further and take out the whole Jewish people. Not realizing that Queen Esther was also a Jew because she had kept that hidden. And so Mordecai finds out what's going on. And he goes to Esther and he says... Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance of the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. That last line is probably the most famous of the whole book of Esther that for such a time as this. She was about to find out what her purpose was, and it was far more than just a good figure and a pretty face. But there comes a point where what God is asking us to do takes courage, and we have to have that faith and jump. It kind of reminds me of like when you're little and you've You've learned how, like I took swimming lessons, I knew how to swim, I was pretty comfortable in the shallow end, but that first time that you jump off the diving board, it's a little scary. You take your little floaties off. And my, even though my dad was in the deep end ready to catch me, but you know, sometimes he leaves me when he's not supposed to, so I didn't really trust him that much. But sometimes you just have to jump. And in Isaiah it says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. You know, if you have the courage to jump when he's asking you to, he'll be there and he'll catch you. 
And sometimes those jumps are a lot bigger than others. You know, it was when we first felt called to plant Simple Church, that was a pretty big ask. You know, I, we felt the calling on our lives, and, but there was no promise of any financial security. There was no promise that anyone would even come, but we just had to jump. And there's other times that we struggle with, the, you know, what God's asking us to do, even when it's something small. Every Sunday night, or the last Sunday of the month, Sunday evenings, we have prayer service here at Simple Church. If you've never been, I highly encourage you to come out. It's a great time. But there was a couple months ago, we were at prayer, and I felt like I was supposed to go pray for Misty. Well, you're probably looking at me like, well, you're the pastor's wife. Why would you struggle with praying for someone? And no, I don't struggle with praying for anyone. And I don't think that Misty would have thought it was weird if, you know, I went up to her and said, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Misty prays for people, so I was fine with that part of it. The problem came with Misty here is one of our bass players here, and she just happened to be in the band at that time. And so I was like, you know, I was feeling that, go pray for Misty, go pray for Misty. And I thought, well, but the band, I'll mess the band up and the musical saw, everybody will be looking at me up there. I'll just pray for her after service. And so a little bit later, Aaron comes up to the stage and he's talking about confessing our sins. And I still feel that, go pray for Misty, go pray for her. And I was like, well, God, if I go right now, people are going to think that I'm confessing something to her and then people are going to gossip and talk about me. And then it's just, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good. I'll just wait. I'll go after service. And so finally, I just kept feeling it. I couldn't make that feeling go away. And so I walked up on stage and I talked to Misty and I said, I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. So here we go. And I said a little prayer. And I don't think that any of the words particularly that I prayed for her was a big deal. But Misty had tears in her eyes and she said, you have no idea why I was praying right before you came up here. So the little things are sometimes just as important to someone as the big things that God's asking us to do. Every act of obedience comes with courage to do what God is asking. So what are some of the things that maybe you feel called to do? What are some of the things that you're struggling with? You know, I'm going to use you as an example, Kalisa. <laughs> Kalisa, I've been talking to her a lot this week. She's got a cousin in the hospital, and he's not doing too well. And Kalisa texted me. She was like, I feel like I'm supposed to go pray for him. And I'm like, you better go. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You'll figure it out when you get there. And I can't wait to hear how all of that turns out. But she went. She was obedient. Sometimes it's not always easy, but we can find the courage to do it. And finding your place sometimes requires great focus on God. And I know that you may think, well, it's my purpose. It's for me, isn't it? But really, it's the purpose that God has given us in our lives. And if we focus on him, it's when we learn what that truly is about. 
And Esther had to do that to figure out how to go about her purpose. And in chapter 4, it says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my maids will fast as you do. That's Esther turning towards God to figure out what her purpose was in that moment. God's the creator and the designer, and he's already put inside of you everything that you need to accomplish what the purpose is. But he wants you to look to him to discover what that is. Proverbs says, it's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. It's our privilege to find out what that is, what God has for us. And sometimes we're like, God, can you just like make it clear? But I think if he did that, that it might not build up the faith and courage that it takes, that it might not teach us to trust him. Turn your focus toward God and don't let you discover, I'm sorry, don't let you distract you from being the you that God made. It's all from God. He, we're all made in his image, all of us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. But finding your place can require great initiative as well. It's the jump. You just have to do it at some point. Esther said, I will go to the king even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. That's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around because I can go to my husband anytime I want. We both have a phone, so if I want to talk to him, I just pick up the phone. And I get mad if he doesn't answer it at least by the second ring, right? Or if I text him and then he doesn't respond and then I see him post in one of the group meetings that we're in, I'm like, uh-huh. I got you. But I don't understand the fear of death that Esther must have had because if she went before the king without being summoned, he could put her to death. But after fasting and praying and seeking godly counsel, that's the clarity that came. There was a great uh, quote by Winston Churchill this said, in every age, there comes a time when a leader must come forward to meet the needs of the hour. Therefore, there is no potential leader who does not have the opportunity to make a positive difference in society. Tragically, there are times when a leader does not rise to the hour. He called those missed opportunities a tragedy. When we see the opportunity, but we fail to take it, we don't jump. And every single one of you here today has a plan from God for your life. And one person is no more important than the other. We're all equally as important. This church would not work the way that it does without every single one of you. It doesn't matter if Aaron's the one that is up here on stage or the band is awesome like they are. If you didn't have the parking team, the cafe team, the people who greeted people to make you feel welcome when you come in here, that warm cup of coffee that caffeinates you before you get in these seats. It all works together so that you can hear the message and the words that God has for you. And that's why we preach growth track so much around here because there's a role for every person. There's a place for every person and that means you. Maybe you're in a situation where you feel like 
you know what your purpose is and it's just still not working out the way maybe you thought it would. And I think in moments like that, Esther would have some words of encouragement for us. Like when you don't understand, stay steady. Just stay steady and wait on him. Romans tells us, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Only God can take a bad situation, all the mistakes, all the tragedies of our lives, and turn them around for good. I love that line of the song, um, Take Courage. And I won't sing it because I already told you I can't sing. But it says, take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. And when you realize God's purpose in your life, you'll feel empowered. There will be grace from God to accomplish what he's given you. He has empowered us for great works. It says that over and over in the Bible. And we, all, we just have to walk it out with him. In Acts, it says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And that same power... God gives us. So just stay steady. And when you know that God is in control, it makes it so much easier to take that next step. He not only wants to save you from your sins, but to be Lord of your life. When we surrender it all to him and when we put him in control. Again, if we look in Acts, it says, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out the appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Our being is that purpose that I've been talking about. And I love my favorite part of that verse is that when it says, he's never far from any of us. Some of you are hearing that calling and you're questioning, is that really God? You know you need to do something, but you just haven't figured it all out yet. And sometimes if we wonder when we do hear it, are we getting it right? You know, my kids, they try to keep me young and cool and hip and chill and whatever words that they say. But my daughter taught me a new phrase and she explained it to me. She used it in a sentence. She gave me examples and I thought I had it. So then she was texting me and I was like, oh great, I, this is, I'm going to use the, my, so she'll know that I was listening and I'm relevant. And so I sent it back to her. And she's, I said, did I use it right? And she said, no, but I appreciate your effort. And I think sometimes that's how God is. He knows that we have some things to figure out. He knows that we're working on it, but he appreciates the efforts when we're obedient. You know, when we were in Honduras this year, uh, 
one of the people who were on staff, she, at the beginning of the week, she went up to one of the ladies on our team and she said, uh, does Shanda work with a lot of women? Does she speak to a lot of women? Do, I, I don't know how to explain it. She said, I just see her in front of a lot of women. And Dia said, no, not really. And she said, okay. And Dia told me that and I was like, okay. I was this emoji. And so at the end of the week, I'd kind of forgotten about that. And Leslie asked if she could pray for me. And I was like, absolutely. So they sat me down and three women actually prayed for me. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And I brought a picture of that too. But one of the things that she said was that whatever land my feet were on, that I would conquer hearts of the women for Jesus. And I have no idea what exactly that looks like just yet. But I'm praying about it and I'm trying to figure it out. And I promise that as soon as I do figure that out, that I'll jump. I'll do my best to be obedient. You know, Esther went before the king and she ended up saving her people. She found her purpose from God. She prayed and she fasted and he gave her clarity and the courage to do something that could have led to her death, but she jumped. You know, we talk about growth track so much. I've talked about it multiple times already today, but one step is finding your purpose. Another step is what? Making a difference. We don't just find our purpose and then that's it. We make a difference. So my question to you today is, what is your moment for such a time as this? What purpose has God given you, created in you for such a time as this? Let's pray. You know, if you're here today and know that God is calling you to something great, to your next steps, and you just need a little courage to do that, or you're struggling with the idea of what you think that purpose is, that's all right. But can you just raise your hand so I can pray with you today? Awesome. I'm gonna pray real quick. Jesus, we just ask that each of us in here that are seeking you to find our place and our purpose, that you would just give us that clarity that we need, that you would just help us to be bold and courageous and just jump. And I'm going to continue praying. And if you are here and you just feel like that you don't know where to start, not only are you unsure of your purpose and what that might be, but you don't even know what this whole Jesus thing is about. I want you to know that the first step is just believing, believing that Jesus is the son of God, that he loves you, that he died for you. And if that's you, could you just raise your hand so that we can pray for you? I promise I won't embarrass you. Awesome. Thank you. Can we just pray together because no one should ever pray alone? Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins, 
and that you rose again. Jesus, show me how to live my life for you and the purpose and the plans that you have for me. It's all this that we ask in your name. Amen.